So as we read through the book of Acts, uh, one of the themes that comes up time and time again is that there was a lot of debates going on in the life of the early church. There was a lot of disagreement about how things should be run and what things should be taught. And there was a lot of disagreement and there was a great deal of of debate about who should be allowed in. You see, there was, a, there was a tradition and there was a group of people who believed that because uh, Jesus was of the covenant, Jesus was one of the children of Abraham, Jesus was a Jew, there was an argument that only people who were of that covenant could be a part of the church. There was a belief and there was a debate about whether or not, uh, there, there was a belief that perhaps people who were outside of that covenant, Gentiles, could not become followers of Christ. And so there was a great deal, of ba- great deal of debate about this, whether or not people who are not Jewish could be followers of Christ. There was a great deal of debate about whether or not you could be a Christian and not be circumcised, if you were male, of course, because the act of circumcision was the sign of being a part of the covenant that God made with Abraham. There was a great deal of debate about whether or not you could be a follower of Christ and not a member of that covenantal group. And there was a great deal of debate about whether or not you could be a Christian and eat meat that had been sacrificed to idols because that was something that was forbidden for the people who were part of the covenant. And on and on and on. Basically, within the life of the early church, there was a great deal of debate about who was in and who was out who could be a part of this thing, and who was not even allowed. Despite Christ's final commandment to his disciples to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the, whole, Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, there was a great deal of debate and discussion about who was allowed to be a disciple of Christ. And this is part of the context in which we find the reading that Marge read from the book of Acts. As Peter is out in the community and he is preaching and he is teaching and he is sharing the word of Jesus and the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ to people. And it was a whole bunch of people. And as he does so, the Holy Spirit falls upon them and they start speaking in tongues And it is apparent that the Holy Spirit is on them and in them and that God has blessed them with that. And there were people that that came with Peter who were amazed by that. They were amazed that the Holy Spirit fell onto everybody that was there. Everybody who had heard the words that Peter was sharing. Everybody who had heard about the good news of Jesus Christ. Everybody who was there. The Holy Spirit fell upon everybody. Even the uncircumcised. Even the Gentiles. Even those who might be eating meat that have been sacrificed to idols. Even those who may not follow the laws. Even those who were not raised within the covenant that God had made with Abraham, even those, even those, even those, and they were amazed that the Holy Spirit fell upon everybody there. And Peter looked at them and said, can anyone, can anyone refuse to baptize them? Can anyone possibly 
withhold baptism from those whom God has called? Can anybody possibly say that our rules and our thoughts about who should be in and who should be out could have any standing when God has clearly chosen these people? I love this image of the Holy Spirit falling upon everyone who hears the word about Jesus Christ. I love this image of God just choosing everybody and pulling everyone into that covenant. And Peter saying, we will not withhold the covenant through baptism from these people. Because they are us and we are them. We are all children of God. I love this image. And part of the reason why I love this image so much is because it, it uh, is a part of our belief as uh, people in the Reformed tradition. Now, as people who come out of the Reformed tradition, people who come out of the Calvinist tradition, there are a few things that we believe about our relationship with God. And one of those things is uh, referred to as unconditional election. We believe in unconditional election. That is... We can do nothing to earn. We can do nothing to get. We can do nothing to buy or win our choosing by God. Because God chooses us. We cannot possibly choose God, but God chooses us. And God chooses to wrap us in grace and mercy. And the second, one of the other things that we believe is that the grace of God is irresistible. It is irresistible, irresistible grace. We believe that the Holy Spirit is poured upon us, poured upon us, and we can't help but respond to that grace. Now, for the people in the story from Acts, they couldn't help but respond to the grace and the Holy Spirit that had poured, been poured upon them. Uh, they couldn't help but respond through the speaking of tongues. For us, it may be that we can't help but respond through prayer. It may be that we can't help but respond through song. It may be that we can't help but respond through service. It may be that we can't help but respond to that grace and that love and that choosing of us by God through love. Friends, I believe that this is great news. This is great news for us, for all of us. Because the idea of unconditional election, unconditional choosing by God, that God chooses us and it's not us up to us to earn or win or buy or get somehow of our own doing the grace and the saving love of God. And this is good news because we can know that no matter what we do, no matter what mistakes that we make, it's not up to us that God chooses us. I love that Will asked, if you do this, can you be no longer baptized? Now he was asking, uh, what, what did he ask? If you take a shower and you take a bath, you lose your baptism. But I think that there's something more powerful in that question, and especially the answer that I was able to give him. No, there is nothing that you can do to no longer be baptized, because once you have been chosen by God, once you have been wrapped in God's love and God's embrace, and once you have become a part of the covenant of God, there is nothing that you can do to lose that. Because God's election, God's choosing of us is unconditional.
unconditional. Now this is great news for each and every one of us. It's also tough news for us at some times because we do have to recognize that the unconditional election of which we are a part also means that other people are a part of the unconditional election. That means that we don't get to pick and choose who else is a part of this thing. Now this, this does reflect a little bit of, of what we were reading from the book of Acts where uh, they were amazed because they would not have chosen those people. They would not have chosen those uncircumcised Gentiles to be a part of this thing. And the reality is, is there, there are times that there might be people who are a part of the life of the church that were like, really? I don't want to deal with that person today. We don't get to pick and choose who is a part of this thing that we call church. And we don't get to pick and choose who God has called or who God has chosen because God will call and choose who he will. You know, in the life of the church, we often use the metaphor that we're like family. I use almost every Sunday that the term sisters and brothers to refer to all of the gathered people here. Sisters and brothers, we, because we are sisters and brothers, because we are family. And most often we're talking about how we are all children of God and we are all part of that family of God and we all belong to God. But sometimes it's also a good metaphor because let's face it, like family, we don't get to choose who is a part of this thing that we call church. And in that, like family, we don't always agree with each other. And we don't always like each other. And we don't always get along. And sometimes we fight. And those fights hurt deeply because we are family. And no one can hurt you like your family can, right? But no matter what, we are family. And we can't help but respond to that grace that God has given us through the showing and the sharing of love. And because we are family, we can't help but love each other. Because we are family, we can't help but walk through those difficult places together because we love each other as we are called to do so. And this is a family that we know will stand with each of us through thick and through thin. Because, sisters and brothers, we are more than just family. We are friends. Because we do choose, although we cannot choose God, and we know that we are chosen by God, and we cannot choose who else is a part of this family. We can choose which church we are a part of, and we can choose which manifestation of that church we participate in. And we have chosen this family because we are friends. And as friends, we laugh together. We cry together. We celebrate milestones in our lives and amazing special days together. And we mourn 
sadness and grief and loss with each other because we love each other as friends do. We are not just family, we are friends, and we are not just friends, we are family because we can't help but respond to that grace that God has given us with love. And in that, our joy is complete. Our joy is complete in that love that God has given us and shared with us, and that joy is complete in this family that we have found here in this place, and that joy is complete in the friends and the friendship that we have found here in this place, because we are together sharing and showing that love and living together in work and worship and in ministry together, responding to the love of Christ with each other. And so, sisters and brothers, I ask you this day to consider How has this church been like family and friends to you? What are the times and the places that you have known that unconditional love from this body? What are the times and the places and situations where you have known that you are among friends and you are among family who will be with you no matter what? And then I ask you to continue to consider how you can be family and friends to the others who are here? How can you be a sister or a brother to a person who sits next to you in the sanctuary or across the room? How can you be a sister and a brother and a friend to others? How can you work to complete the joy that is within you through the sharing of love that God has given you by loving each other, by laughing and crying and celebrating and mourning together, by just enjoying one another's company? How can you work to complete the joy that is within another of your sisters and brothers who have gathered here in this place by caring for them, by showing that love and that mercy and peace? How can you be family? and friend, all at the same time. How can you show the grace and the love of the Lord that you have been given and follow that other final commandment from Jesus to love one another just as he has loved us? Sisters and brothers, let us celebrate with joy the love that God has given us as we pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. We ask that you help us to recognize that love that you have given us and to embrace it and share it. Help us to share and show your love. Help us to know that we are amongst family and friends. Help us to be a sister, a brother, and a friend to those whom God has given us. Help us truly to love one another as you have loved us. We pray all these things in your Son's name. Amen.